and welcome to Bygones, the Ali McBeal Rewatch podcast. I'm Laura Jane Parker. And I'm Eleanor Parker. And we rewatch every episode of Ali McBeal through 2020 vision slash eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing today in lockdown, Eleanor? Uh, okay. Like, um, just been... Well, I finally got my work laptop, um... So I Yay! am actually. Let's put uh, a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> so I now actually can work from home, which uh, thank I wasn't God. before. I was having Only to took them in. two months. Yeah, I know, but it's here, so I work from home now. So yeah, it's a bit strange, especially as it's like so nice outside as well. Like this April has been mm. quite sunny. Yeah, they said that it's been really good although it's frustrating because we go out for a walk like every day just for like half an hour or something just to get some fresh air and it's like it's weird like weekdays is usually pretty fine like most people are outside seemingly for the right reasons but on weekends when it's nice weather you just see so many people just out like sunbathing in parks and stuff and it really makes me quite stressed out which is annoying because like my walk is meant to be like my like de-stress yeah. time and it's like I just thought find myself getting like angrier and angrier of people just like sunbathing and I'm like that is not a reason to go out I know <laughs> it's it's that thing of like yeah when people start taking the piss on yeah. you know and it's just like come on guys <laughs> come, on. come on we all want to be sunbathing but we don't want we're not because yeah. it's important at the moment not to spread the virus. It's just like, can people just yeah. stop being so self-interested for like five seconds? Yes, for just five <laughs> seconds. And I know it's difficult. I'm finding it difficult. Everyone is. I don't have a garden. You don't have no. a garden. We've got like balconies, but that's not the same. But you don't see us like laying all over the grass every weekend. Yeah, I can't even <laughs> sell my balcony. Like there's not enough room for any kind of, it's basically a glorified window, really. <laughs> yeah it's like a little Juliet balcony yeah, isn't it not, yeah that you can't do anything on it so yeah but it's it's better it, yeah it's just frustrating when it's like you see you know people working so hard in the key worker sectors and then it's just like idiots ruining it and like mm. making it annoying yeah. um for everyone else yeah like I don't begrudge people wanting to get outside but there are very clear reasons for doing that you can either go outside to exercise go outside to get shopping or go to work if you're a key worker yeah but there's no other reason you should be outside bathing is not a key reason I'm afraid guys <laughs> no it's not an essential reason sadly um and the problem is is the more people do it the longer this will go on for yeah. so it's like like you're not ruining it for us. the rest of us yeah exactly exactly but there you go but yeah how about you so yeah aside from that yeah aside from, <laughs> aside that. from that I am uh yeah I'm okay just like I have I feel like it comes in waves you know what I mean like I have days where I'm like this is okay like it's fine I'm okay I'm healthy like in the grand scheme of things my life is not bad like it's fine but then I have other days where I get really down and I'm just like when will I hug another human again when will I be able to <laughs> I know it's really see funny. joy <laughs> I can actually I can actually remember the last person I hugged um other than Liam who obviously I live with 
like but the last person I hugged was a um a colleague of mine at work like um a woman I work with oh. friends with <laughs> Like, and that was the last hug I had outside of, like, Liam. And it's just, like, it's so weird to think, like, I've not hugged anyone else since that. It's just weird. Yeah. It's, like, it's so strange. I speak to friends most weekends on, and family most weekends on, on you know, video chat. And it's just so bizarre to, like, not be able to see them and touch them and one of my friends last night was like when I see everyone I'm just gonna put my finger into everyone's mouth and so please just see them <laughs> and I was like please don't <laughs> but it's just weird isn't it it's just not the same it is it's amazing what technology can do but it isn't the same as being together no, in person no. and it's really it does get me down sometimes but for the most yeah. part I am fine you know I'm exactly. not in a job where I'm putting myself at risk um, no one I know is, is significantly um, impacted by the virus at all yet. Hopefully, Crosswood never. Jobs, yeah. Co- touchwood, even. <laughs> um, crosswood, no. Yeah. Touchwood, cross fingers, never. Yeah. Um, so it's fine in the grand scheme of things, but just because it's fine doesn't mean it's easy. No. You know? No, so, no. Yeah. But there you go. So, but yeah, here we are. it's nice to have this uh, podcast to take my mind off things for sure and I hope it's doing that for other people out there yeah yeah hopefully and with that on that bombshell let's get on <laughs> is that a bombshell <laughs> well yeah breaking news this podcast is good here to distract <laughs> you <laughs> okay so... you didn't know now you know so, so today we are going to be talking about uh, season three, episode six of Ali McBeal, Changes. Ch-ch-ch-changes. I'm going Time to make a change. Oh, I was singing David Bowie, not that. Oh, I was gonna, either of those I is thought, good. I thought we'd start doing a Changes medley of like different... <laughs> I can't think of another song that's got changes in it. And going through changes and um, let's think. No, are those the only two songs about changes? Uh, that can't Surely be right. not. Uh, Come on. Let, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to go on Spotify. You want to make the world a better Then look at yourself and then not. make that change. I'm looking at the man in the mirror. That's oh, not yeah. a changes song. I'm well, he ca- says, I'm not make a change. That. Oh, uh, okay. Justin Bieber did an album called Changes. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did. There's a song by Tupac as well called Changes. But yeah, other than that, there you go. Oh, well, there you go. Those are all the songs, Those we, can are all the songs we can think of. There you go. Um, but Changes first aired 29th of November 1999. We interrupt this program for Eleanor's cultural stuff. Brought to you by the 90s. The decade more problematic than it looks. The UK number one was, Mm -hmm. the artist was Wamdu Project. Oh, 
That must be your reason why I'm king of my castle. Yeah, that's it. Must be your reason. Na, 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 na. Yeah. yeah, I remember yeah, that one. I do as well. Yeah, it's good. Um, and uh, the US number one is still fucking smooth. Santana. Oh, <laughs> check him out. I'm just like, guys, there are other songs. <laughs> There was a pub quiz I did, a virtual pub quiz I did last night that had that, like the, um, there was, uh, it was a, a song, a round called Guess the Lyric. And the, one of them was, um, and just like the ocean under the moon. And I was like, it's the same emotion that I get from you. And I was like, I know this one. I know this. Amazing. Because <laughs> we've been talking about it for months on Bygone. I mean, I think that this is the, I, I've got to say, I think, um, I think it takes like months for them to stop buying Santana. <laughs> like well, because it's such a good song. It's, it, it's very, very popular, clearly. Even, you know, nearly in December, everyone <laughs> wants those summer jams. The only other thing I've got for cultural stuff is uh, on December the 7th, the Recording Industry Association of America files a lawsuit against Napster, file-sharing client, alleging <sighs> copyright infringement. Wow. Remember Napster? Yeah, no, but didn't you say a few weeks ago that someone was the first person to be prosecuted for downloading? I think that was last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So clearly that whole argument was, was ramping up. up at this yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. I remember actually because I obviously, like most people, used uh, at that time, used Napster and then LimeWire um, and all of that stuff to get music. And, um, it was such an interesting time because there was like the people who were on the side of like innovation and progress and technology being like, you things are going to have to change because technology is making it such that it's possible to sell music in this way and people aren't going to need to have play music on like a physical item anymore like do you know what I mean like it's not gonna have to be like a cassette or a record or something that you hold in your hands and isn't that great because the technology devices such are now that you can do you remember that at the time the ad campaign for like the iPod was like you could hold several albums of in your on one device at one time like you didn't have to take like 12 CDs out with you if you wanted to have more than one and now obviously we have like an infinite supply of music through streaming whenever we want to so of course history was right in terms of pursuing that as the direction because technology is such that it will make that happen regardless of what laws you put in place but there was like also people who were like oh no but we mustn't download anything because um you know it's against the law and you're the police are gonna come and <laughs> knock down your door and like t- like take you to prison and it's like no, they're not. If every, I was always like, if everyone's doing it, they can't enforce it for very long. No, like that's going to be impossible. It, it was one of those things so, where it was simply a case of the music industry having to catch up with the technology so yeah. that they could continue to make money from it. That's that's what. But it I was. do remember there was this like, uh, I think even Mum or Dad at one point were like, "You better not be downloading anything on your computer." <laughs> and it's like, sure. <laughs> Like it all changed, and I was just like, the 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 infrastructure and the the system is going to change. It has yeah. to. 
like it will and it did well, and, yeah, and now it, obviously you can stream everything legally and everything's set up to be able to do that so there's no real reason for illegal downloading anymore and actually obviously because you want to support the creators and make sure they're getting their money yes. that had to be that system to ensure that that happened had to be set up and don't get me wrong I think there's issues with uh some parts of that system as it currently stands it's not perfect in that regard but I think it's um it was gonna move that way yeah. and so stopping streaming uh, stop not streaming um stopping downloading at that time wouldn't have really been that helpful it was moving that way anyway well I think I think it was like literally they were just trying to scare people from doing it whilst they sorted out the practicalities of shifting the entire yeah. industry around this technology because that's what they've had to do and it was yeah. just in the meantime they didn't they didn't like that they were losing money like um yeah and so they they it was scare tactics to try and limit yeah. the amount of people like doing it so that you know until yeah. they'd got it all in place but yeah I <laughs> it was like a drop in the ocean in regards to like the legal action that they took against people it's just like one person and then it's like but the rest of the world I do feel sorry for that like one person who was the scapegoat for everything because it's like he was just why did you, you know... choose him out of like everyone like it's so weird like but there you go okay but yeah, yeah that's all I've got for cultural stuff Okay, well then, let's crack on with the matter at hand, Ali McBeal. Yes. Um, so, Changes starts by having Billy's theme song, New Man in Town, starting up um, and playing over lots of shops of Boston in the daytime. Um, and then it fades out and John is in the lift at the courthouse with with said new man in town. <laughs> He's the new man in the elevator. Um, and Farah freaking Fawcett. I know! Which makes this the second Charlie's Angel we've had on the show because, of course, we had Kate Jackson in season one as Barbara Cooker. Oh, well, also... So we're two for three. Lucy Liu goes on to play a Charlie's Angel as well. Well, yeah, there's a weird Charlie's Angel connection yeah. with Annie McBeal. But yeah, um, so we've got... The main, like, the one everyone remembers, Farah Fawcett, yeah. in this episode this week as the guest star. So um, Farah is playing a woman named Robin Jones, who is Billy and John's client this week. And she's apparently, um, we find out in this opening scene, the subject of a sexual harassment case that has a lot of media attention around it. And she's really stressed out about it. And John is also stressed out about it because cameras make him nervous. But Billy is not stressed out about it because he's mansplaining about why the media are interested. Um, and his uh, mansplanation is because it's uh, Robin is beautiful. Um, but he's saying that she can still settle even though he respects that she wants to see it through. And Robin's just like... I'm going to see it through with steely <laughs> determination and it's juicy. <laughs> so they step out of the elevator to the courtroom floor when it arrives and there's just this wall of reporters and cameras and it's just like a media circus. And Billy is just like, no comment. And he's like, pulling Robin through the throng. Um, but John gets cornered by some journalists and starts stuttering Poughkeepsie, as he does. 
And the reporter asks if that's a Porky Pig reference. <laughs> <about> <laughs> suggesting chauvinism on the part of the defendant, which I really loved. Because <laughs> I was like, oh God, uh, just as a reporter for, to pull that out was hilarious. But anyway, that. Billy tries to pull him away from stuttering as the reporter is like continuing trying to get an answer out of him. Like, who is Robin Jones in all this? And John just eventually spits out Lady Liberty and we're into titles. <laughs> so, yeah, an unfortunate um, scene for John there. Yes, unfortunate. Yes. So after titles, um, we see how unfortunate it is because Richard is in the conference room with Ali, Nell, Georgia and Ling, um, which I was surprised about because I was like, Georgia quit last episode. So what's she still doing there? But anyway. Um, well, she's she's technically not quit. That's the thing. She's just... Well, she's this is what her, we find out. She's put her feelers out to Renee as to whether she would be taken on there in front of John. Yeah, but she... Which is... Yeah, is, in is, front... Is, that yeah. was the thing, like... In front of John, I was like, surely that's basically quitting. But I, you're She's right. She's not officially done it. Yeah, we see that play out this episode. Yeah. But yeah, it was, um, I was a bit like, huh, what's she doing there? But anyway, um, so Richard is in the conference room with, with those, uh, with the ladies, <laughs> replaying John stuttering on TV over and over Which again really on a television unpleasant. screen. Like... It is unpleasant. He just keeps replaying Again, it. you're being such a dick, Richard. Yeah. And he's almost... He's replaying it because he's annoyed that he's associated with that, like, display of, I guess, incompetence. Because yeah. John, obviously, is his partner. He's like, oh, great. Everyone's going to think of me now also. Um, but everyone is shouting at him to turn it off because he's he's making fun of... of of, of John um, like he says stuff like Warner Brothers might want to claim trademark infringement and as he's saying those sort of jokes John overhears because he's walking past and he yeah. looks really sad um, and Richard just tries to like brazen it out and acts like nothing's wrong um, and he's like you know did you catch the openings you look great and John just kind of like walks off sadly yeah. and Ali says I hope you're happy Richard and Richard seems surprised that John might be hurt because he's, he says, well, I didn't mean anything by it. And Ling just says, well, he knows you're meaningless, Richard. Don't worry. And then Richard, it's Richard's turn to get annoyed because um, he like, is like, thank you, Ling. And then he goes to like start the meeting. <laughs> and then Ling turns to the ladies is like, and is like, this place needs more men because I'm looking on a personal level. <laughs> and Richard is like, well, we'll get right to work on that then, like jokingly. And then Ling starts listing all of the things that she wants in a man. And she's like getting in digs at Richard while she does that. And Richard starts kind of sniping back until Georgia is like, can you just both grow up? And then Nell's like, well, you do have a thing for grown-ups, don't you? Like, referring to her little kiss George, with Ali's dad yeah. from last episode. Um, and then Ali is like, all right, calm down. Everyone calm down. As Elaine comes in with a tinsel-festooned binder announcing <laughs> that she has some thoughts on the Christmas party. And everyone just tells her to be quiet and get out. <laughs> so tensions are high Great. at Cajun yeah. Fish this episode. <laughs> Oh, so next we get to find out what this case is all about so john establishes in the courtroom as he's questioning her he establishes from robin that she became editor-in-chief of a magazine when the previous editor died and once she got promoted 
everyone who works on the staff started doing what they call a blue flu strike action, which is where you all agree to just start using your sick leave to not come in and do any work. So because of that, and as a result of that, they missed a publication date and then she got fired. Yeah. So then we get the opposing council questioning Robin and we learn a bit more that she is claiming sexual harassment from her employees and suing them as a group because of that because they nicknamed her the nymph and they all memoed each other to say that they didn't want to work for a sex siren and that's when we learn that the reason all of these like terms are being thrown about is because she was with the old editor when he died because she was having sex with him and John objects that this isn't relevant and he makes a big thing about the fact that the opposing counsel is just trying to titillate the jury but then he kind of misspeaks because he goes on and says they've got there's no need to do that with graphic details that we've already fornicated to (laughs) on the record (laughs) I was like oh John and but he corrects himself he meant to say stipulated to on the record but everyone is like sure pal like he's made a fool of himself (laughs) And so the opposing counsel continues asking Robin about her relationship with this old editor who died. And the editor was 86. And he says, and what was your position? And then he sort of turns to the jury with a raised eyebrow and goes, I mean, job title. Like, he's like, oh, I didn't mean sexual position. But he asked her what her job title was when they started working together. And it was, um, she was an editorial assistant. And it turns out that she went straight from that kind of quite, entry-level job straight to becoming managing editor without having to work her way up the ladder in between and he kind of he's he, he just comments the opposing counsel just comments on that by going wow that's quite a leap and sort of leaves it hanging basically implying that it's because she, she was screwing the boss the, the top yeah yeah so back at Cajun Fish, Ling and Richard are having what for them passes as a deep and meaningful. Richard doesn't get why Ling would be upset about being left alone at Thanksgiving. And Ling says she understands that she can't compete with Whipper's Wattle. She says she has creases and crevices and folds that I'll never know in my lifetime. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. <laughs> but then Richard points out that the other thing that Whipper has is that she cares about him and he says do you like he says does Ling and even though Ling says of course she does Richard is really frustrated that they don't seem to talk to each other and then Ling throws back that they can't talk to each other because he specifically wired his house to like set alarms off if anyone ever tries to have a discussion this is it I was just like yeah understand like wait what now suddenly you want a, a deeper relationship like Your whole shtick is that you just want to swim in the shallows, like, and now you're breaking up with someone because, like, it doesn't go any deeper than that. It's like, work out what you fucking want, Richard. Yeah, I think this is obviously meant to be, or the show's trying to, I guess, show that since this whole, I guess, reconnecting with Whipper over the past couple of episodes has happened, it's clearly got Richard thinking about the nature of his relationship with Ling because Whipper has said to him several times, like, I'm done with you now because you've said, I know that you're capable of a deeper relationship because we connect deeper than anything you've got with Ling. But if you just want to sleep in the sleep in the shallows, <laughs> sleep in the shallows, <laughs> swim in the shallows, whatever. If you want to do that, then fine, but I'm done. 
And I wonder mm. whether her finally being like, that is it, has made him think like, oh shit. Oh shit, is this my life now? Like, I'm, this is all I'm ever going to have, shallow. And now that's got him thinking. Maybe I wonder that's, if that's yeah, the situation. I don't know. I think he, I, I, I get the feeling he's just like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I feel like they're just bored of each other. Like emotionally bored Possibly. with each other. Um, well, be, yeah, well, they be, haven't it, emotionally done anything exactly, with each other. There's nothing to why. do. Yeah, and it's just, I, it's, yeah, it's weird. I don't get it. I think it's a bit unfair of Richard to be like, whoa, what is this relationship? Because uh, it's, it's not very deep, is it? When it's like he specifically yeah, like engineered you, it so that it can't be. Yeah, like you've been <laughs> the architect of that. Like so, literally engineered like, it, like wired his house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, she's, she's told him that, you know, he wired his house so they can't do it. And, and Richard says that he wants them to face that neither of them want to get serious. And he wants them to find out whether that, makes them smarter than the dummies out there that are looking for love or not and then he comes around the desk to kind of sit next to her and says softly it's just that if there's anything to learn out there I don't think we're going to learn it from each other and they basically agree to officially break up and they both say that they feel relieved but you get the sense that both of them are kind of putting a brave face on it because they are quite sad about it yeah and I do think Yes, it's a bit unfair of Richard to suddenly be like, well, this relationship is not deep and meaningful enough when it's kind of his fault that it's not deep and meaningful enough. But I guess if he's coming to the realisation that with Ling, that relationship is never going to be deep and meaningful for him, then if he's realised that, it's quite mature of him to break it off at that point, if you know what I mean. But Rather than keep it going if, it, if it's not what the, he wants. The thing I slightly... Because uh, he's gone, if there's anything to learn out there, I doubt we'll discover it together. And it's like, but how do you know? You've not even tried? Like, you've not even tried. Yeah, you, that's you true. You say you want yeah. something deeper. Um, or you think you might want something deeper, but you're not sure. But I'm not going to find it out with you. And it's like, well, why not? Yeah. Because you've not actually tried. Um, yeah. So I, I find, I find their whole dynamic a little bit, what, what this whole, like the reasons they are giving for breaking up, I find a bit odd and, and don't actually, I just don't feel like it makes much emotional sense. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I do think that if Ling's not massively arguing against that and fighting for it, then it's kind of a sign that she's not that bothered either. Like, she no. might be sad that she doesn't have a companion, but yes, she, she doesn't care enough for it. Like, if he was like, I want this to be deeper, can we try? And she was like, I yeah. I don't think she, she actually want that. I don't think she, I don't think she'd say yeah. I think she'd be like, oh no, that's not what I want. So I think yeah. he's assuming that that's the case, and the fact that she doesn't argue differently Correct tells it. him everything yeah. he needs to know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, I, I guess I'm just pleased that he's had this realization internally and done the right thing about it, rather than just be like coast along. Anyway. Well, deep and meaningful's never for me. I'm just gonna keep going anyway. Like yeah. for with yeah. a relationship that's not making me happy. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, 
back at the courtroom, the opposing counsel is asking why Robin didn't just fire the staff who were harassing her. And she points out that if she did that, she wouldn't have had any staff and she couldn't have put out a magazine. And the magazine we learn is called Beantown, which I was like, is that like a Boston reference? <laughs> no idea. Because is it a Boston? It's a because that's what they call Boston, isn't it? Beantown. Because of oh, I didn't know I that. Guess. Do they? Yeah. Let me look up why that is. Actually, I forget. Is that to do with like the Boston Tea Party or something? No. Apparently, Boston is called Beantown because it's back in colonial times. Um, a favourite Boston food was baked beans in the, the beans that are baked in molasses for lots of hours, uh, like several hours until oh. it's all nice and jammy, I guess. And sailors and traders called it Bean Town. So it, oh. it basically refers to Boston baked beans. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. Didn't know that. So I guess that's where the, it, it's obviously like a, a city magazine, Bean Town. Because I can't, I, well, it may, it, may, it may have a wider readership, I don't know, but it's clearly based in Boston. Yes. But anyway, she says that, you know, she couldn't have fired the staff because then I wouldn't have anyone to help me put out this magazine. And then the opposing counsel goes kind of all guns blazing and he's just like, I'm going to cut to the chase. Your staff don't think you're qualified for the job and they think that you slept your way to the top. And then the, the boss that they did have dies while you're sleeping with him and then when you do get the job you do a sexy photo shoot of yourself and then John gets up to object about all of this because he's like he's badgering my witness and as he's objecting like his shoe has like a firecracker go off like his shoe just sort of sparks or something really loudly and does a big bang and then he tries to pull this, oh, these are new shoes. I'm just breaking them in like he does with his stunts. Yeah. But the opposing counsel is like on already it. on top of that. Yeah. He's like, he's famous for his stunts. You can't do that. And then John throws back, I object to him attacking me. And then his other shoe like sparks and bangs as well. Yeah. And Billy is not happy Oops. because in the very next scene, John is fiddling with a remote control and his shoes, which are smoking, which is quite funny. <laughs> But Billy comes storming in and he's telling him off for being ridiculous. And John is like, can you stop raising your voice, please? And he says it several times. And then he walks off, leaving Billy with Robin. And Billy apologizes to Robin. I cannot stand the way he thinks he can shout at whoever. At his boss. Yeah. It's his fucking boss. I know. Well, I thought it was interesting with John is that he didn't raise his voice back. He was just like, can you stop raising your voice at me? Yeah. And can you stop raising your voice at me? Yeah. And then just walked off because he was like, I'm not dealing. It's like how you deal with a child. Do you know what I mean? Like it was ridiculous. (sighs) But anyway, he he leaves Billy with Robin and Billy apologizes to Robin uh, saying that, you know, I had nothing to do with this. And Robin, but Robin's fine about it because she's like, I think it worked. Like whatever the stunt was, it, it threw the other people off. Like it's fine. And then Billy steps forward and says that he doesn't think they're going to win and that her chances aren't really looking good on appeal. And the, the, the they're offering 75. But Robin is like, no. I'm not I'm not settling but Billy then again is like I've got to be honest I find it difficult to believe that you were in love with an 86 year old and I'm like oh okay then based on what (laughs) Billy like you haven't even tried to find out that's the thing that I I don't like about this episode is that Billy 
didn't actually do his job, in my opinion. No. I think he was, well, maybe we'll come on to it later, but he, he just, he basically hadn't tried to get to understand her side of the story at all, which I think from a client, from, if you're a client, like you need That's to do that for your client, your understand lawyer. where they're coming yeah. from. He's just taken one look at her and been like, well, no, um, I don't think, I, I don't believe it, but I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna argue it because it's my job, not yeah. because I care. Like, it was annoying. But anyway, so he's really ageist at Robin. And Robin is like, well, if you don't believe that, then I feel sorry for you. Are you saying you just want to quit? And Billy's like, no, but I think you should settle. But Robin is not the settling type. And she didn't think he was either. And then she leaves like the sassy pants that she is. <laughs> so it's night time next. And John is at home in his dressing gown. And he's about to get into bed with Nell but he's watching the news on the TV and they're running the footage of him stuttering and the news anchor is also referencing his shoes and he keeps switching the channel, but like every single one of them has the footage of him stuttering that they keep running. And I'm like, how many news channels does Boston have? And why are all of them interested about this case? Like, (laughs) it's just like, how realistic is it that he'd be like, it's on every channel? Would it it be on every channel? I don't know. Maybe like in terms of like, if you think about things going viral now, like, I think maybe it has that kind of viral thing before being viral was a thing. Um, possibly I can imagine that but yeah I I I feel really sorry for him in this scene yeah I mean Nell tries to get him to turn it off and to like reassure him but John's just really mad because and and sad and defensive because he's like it's uh, it's just because it's a big case with lots of media attention doesn't mean that they all have the right to just start making fun of his stutter but then as he starts ranting about it he starts he kind of stuttering, stuttering again. Yeah. And Nell, Nell is like, just take deep breaths and calm down. Cut to the next day in the courthouse and John is still like doing the deep breathing. And wh- whilst he's doing that, Billy is up and he's questioning Robin's boss and her, or like the publisher, like the person she was basically accountable to. Mm. And he's saying that he had no choice but to fire her because she clearly couldn't lead the team. Mm. And then Billy manages to get out of him that although he's saying that she couldn't lead the team so I had to fire her, they didn't actually really give her a chance to prove that she could lead the team because she only got to edit one issue. And actually the issue that she did manage to edit, readership was up. Yeah. So technically she did a good job for the one issue that she was there for. But then the opposing counsel crosses and it's like, well, the only reason readership was up was because she did this sexy photo shoot that they alluded to the day before. And he asks Robin's boss if he was surprised that she was who the editor, the previous editor who died, had started to groom as the successor. And he just goes, well, nothing surprises me anymore. And then the opposing counsel says, well, were you surprised when you found out that she was having an affair with him? And John, who has been looking increasingly exasperated, gets up and is just like... Objections, witness answered that nothing surprised him. Asked and answered, asked and answered, asked and answered. Nothing surprises this witness. Are you going to keep grilling him until you get the answer that you like? If I can. Asked and answered. Mr. Cage. Well, I, I can't blow my top now. I can't blow my shoes. I can't blow my top. Could I blow my nose? Would that be all right? It whistles, you know. And then his nose whistles. Um, 
And I, I, although it was really funny, I am pretty sure that actually you can't blow your top or shoes in a professional court of law, John. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he never got that memo, Laura Jane, so... (laughs) But yeah, it's... um, Everything's a bit much for John this episode, bless him. (laughs) So... Billy and John are back in the ante room and Billy is yet again mad at John because he thinks he's not only blowing his top and his shoes, but he's also blowing the case. And he tells John to go home. He just tells him that he's off the case. Which I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I know. Unbelievable. John is like, what the fuck? Because he's like, you you can't, I'm your, I'm your boss. You, you can't take me off the case. But then he starts stuttering and then we get this beautiful exchange because Billy just goes, John, I don't know what's going on. And John just interrupts saying, well, let's just leave it at that. You don't know what's going on. And I was like, yes! As per, you're completely fucking clueless. <laughs> and I absolutely love that bit. But then it was completely undermined by Robin piping up and just telling John that he was he's fired. Yeah. And John doesn't say anything he just leaves he packs up his stuff and goes and I was a bit like Robin why would you fire John well I think she she agrees with Billy basically that he is but this scene uh where Billy is acting the way he is is uh my because oh I just uh, to come in and like talk to your boss like that like billy i'm like are you fucking delusional billy you are not the boss john is the boss of you not the other way around like i don't know why you think you are entitled to talk to him like this like it's absolutely unbelievable and i just ah i just hate the way he he acts like this like all the time to most people around him and it's just like, it's fine to be concerned about a superior, but then you have like a conversation with that person. Yeah, and not in front of your client either. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just, and the thing is, is I think the reason John goes without a fight is because um, he knows that once you've lost the trust of your client, that's fucking it. Yeah. Like you, you, you but can't I feel be on like the, case. the only reason he's lost the trust of his client is because of Billy. Billy's yeah. done that. Because if you remember when Billy first had a go at John about his shoes stunting, Robin was actually fine because she was like, well, it worked, didn't it? Like, what's the problem? Yeah. I've got no problem with those kinds of tricks. And the only reason she's fired him now is because Billy has had a go at him in front of her her and he should never be having that conversation in front of the client it should be an internal conversation only and that's unprofessional on Billy's part which is why I was so annoyed that his bad behavior essentially gets rewarded because Robin then fires John yeah like I that annoyed me a lot and I was really pissed off that they let that happen because I just there's no reason for Robin to think that John was doing a bad job I mean, I do think that you can... I mean, the thing is, is that I can't imagine that Robin knows what John is like normally in a courtroom. So as far as she's concerned, 
like she's not gonna know that there is a difference like us as viewers we can see what's going on and see that he is unraveling a little bit and he's not on his game yeah. like but sh- there's no reason to believe that she would have known that had billy not had this you know conversation exactly. in front of her like um but yeah i yeah i just Billy's i'm just annoyed that asshole. john gets painted the way this whole episode is written is that john gets painted as the unprofessional one when actually it's billy who's unprofessional yeah. the entire fucking episode yeah no well hence my objection so very good yeah so Georgia is washing her hands at the unisex and Lane comes out of the stool and she starts asking Georgia about her and Ali's dad. And Georgia is like, uh, we haven't broken up because we weren't going out and I don't want to talk about it. Do we have to talk about it? And Ling's like, well, I'm just going through an emotional crisis because uh, me and Richard have separated and I really just want a companion. And Georgia's really shocked that they broke up. She's a bit taken aback because she's like, oh, God, uh, well, can I, is there anything I can do? And then Ling says, well, Ali's dad was really cute. Are you done with him? <laughs> and then she yells out because Ali appears in her sink mirror behind her. And she just goes, I promise I'll make sure he's totally finished with your mother first. And Ali is like, he is not finished with my mother. They are working it out. And did you notice, fashion moment, Ali is wearing another one of those awful tiny ponchos, but in green this time. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, that bad by. style choice, Ali. Bad, bad, bad. <laughs> <laughs> After Ling finds out that Ali's dad is off the table, she leaves. Um, and then Georgia asks how things are going. And it's all just a little bit like awkward and catty between them. Yeah. And eventually like Georgia leaves and then Richard comes in. And Ali says she's so sorry to hear about him and Ling. Although she's like, you and uh, Ling. Like she's forgotten his, her name, which is just a stupid jibe. But Richard says it's for the best and it's probably going to be good for him to be alone for a while. And then he goes for Ali's wattle, but Ugh. she slaps it away. Cat so I think hiss. cat hiss. <laughs> and then Georgia sticks her head back in the door and it's like, oh, I forgot. I quit. And Richard is like, what? Like he's like really taken aback, and he wants to talk about it. And then he's like, he's he he's like seems really hurt. Like he's like, please just take a, like a night to sleep on it out of loyalty, Georgia. Like, and she's like, oh, okay, I guess I owe you that. And then she goes. And then Elaine comes out of a stall and Richard like grabs her and is like, have the locks changed on Georgia's office tonight so that she doesn't sneak out client files. Like just in case you thought he had a heart, actually it was all about protecting his interests. Yeah. And then Elaine is like, when can I tell people? And Richard is like, not until I say you saucy minx. And then he slaps her on the butt. I know. And objection. I, this is my objection. Because I'm sorry. A, object for slapping your office, like, employee on the butt. Like, no, I'm sorry. And I don't even care if she likes it. Like, no, it's not appropriate. And also, I was like, 
you made me think that you cared about Georgia and now you're just not, you don't care. You care about your own interests and I hate you. But then I think I've changed that bit later because something else happens yes. that makes me think that he does care deep down. Yes. But still, my objection stands for the butt slapping. Yeah. I do not want to see that ever. Ever, well, ever, ever. Even as a comedy moment. Well, I wanted to throw in a cat hiss because I feel that's on a par with fondling women's necks. <laughs> Bad, bad, bad. So John is pacing in Nell's office and she's telling him to breathe deeply again, which he gets snappish about. Will you please stop telling me that? I breathe automatically, Nell. I don't need to be told to breathe. Is that your approach to problems? You just go around telling people to breathe because I don't need to be told to breathe. (laughs) (laughs) And Nell is like, look, either tell me why you're being like this or shut up, basically. (laughs) And he says... He's mad because he was fired from the case. And Nell is a bit like, well, I kind of don't blame them. I've never really seen you like this before. Like, what is going on? And it turns out he is mad about being made fun of on the news and people thinking that he's just this funny little man. And just as Nell is saying that people don't think that he's a funny little man, Ling literally comes in and asks if she's done with the funny little man. of Ling. This is what is great <laughs> about Ali McBeal is is that they will do these like things that are very like just perfect just like the right character <laughs> at the right time saying the like zinger line. It's just like so good. Yeah. But she gets rid of Ling. She's like not now. <laughs> and John John basically comes out with it. He's He says he's been made fun of his whole life but not in that room, the courtroom. Like, Mm. that's his room. That's where he wins. That's where other lawyers fear him. And he likes it. And he feels like he's now being made a fool of in that room that he felt like was his, like, safe space. And it's interesting because I'm not sure I get this because I feel like he wasn't made... He wasn't actually made fun of in that room. It was in the reporting afterwards and that has happened before i feel like he said something funny on a news clip before and richard's played it like this isn't the first time Um, i can't i can't remember that it it, uh i don't i don't know I can't remember. I mean, maybe I'm misremembering. Uh, it, but I guess my other my other point stands is that it's not in the courtroom that he's being made fun of. It's just like the news reporters being idiots. Well, I I do get... I'm not saying that he doesn't have a no, right to be annoyed I, about I that because he absolutely I does. I do re- really feel sorry for him because it is a really... Basically, he's he's he doesn't fit like that. Like he says, that was his safe space. And basically, he's been yeah. made to feel unsafe in you know emotionally yeah. it's and that now it's an emotionally dangerous place he goes in there yeah. and reporters are watching him and looking to make fun of him yeah i guess they are allowed in yeah the room, and, and it's yeah, just okay, like yeah. and you know you've got to remember that that reporting is going to be seen by everyone in that courtroom like later when they, yeah. they go home they're going to yeah. see it on the news yeah that's and true and it just you know, I, I, I do. It's, 
it's really unfair and unfortunate that and human to be thrown like that when you fit when you yeah. you know you've always felt like this was a safe place for you where you can shine and and you're the you're like the the man in the, in the room like and now yeah and now you're you're just a joke like that is is really yeah. horrible and I know now we're yeah, trying to be empathetic, but sometimes I got like, sometimes I got a bit of a like eye rolly like vibe from her, like in this scene. Right. Like she's a little bit like, I don't think she quite gets it and is thinking maybe, you know, John's making a mountain out of a molehill a little bit, um, which isn't very helpful when you're in that kind of spiral that John's in, you know? I just, I don't know why, but I feel like we've seen him look silly-ish on a a news clip before, but maybe I'm thinking more of Richard. But I don't know. I Uh, I was just like, I'm sure this has happened before. I'm not sure. So why now is, I guess, the thing. I can't think of the last time. Okay. There, There have definitely been, like, comical moments played you know, someone playing a, a clip from reporting, someone's, you know, being interviewed by a reporter that someone is playing in the office and rewound and... Yeah. But I'm not sure yeah. it was John. I'm not sure John has ever been on the receiving end of that. I'm not sure. Anyway, now points out that stuttering doesn't make him foolish, but he says no, but it sure makes you laugh that, which is mm. a good point. But yeah... So so the court case is continuing and we have a new witness who is one of the participators of the blue flu strike thing. Um, and he's sore because he's got all this experience that he's had. Like he's, he's been, he's paid his dues, like done all this like work, working his way up the ladder at jobs and roles that don't have great pay. And now he's told that he suddenly has to report into someone who's got like zero training and he's like insulted by that idea. And then he said he says he was even more insulted basically when she did the the kind of sexy photo shoot pictorial in her first issue um, because he feels like the magazine is is too damn dignified for that. Beantown will not stand for it. That is not what we are here for. But... Billy then crosses this guy and asks if he ever called Robin a whore. He also asks if he was the one who started getting everyone organised to call in sick. And then the guy's like, yeah, you know, our reputation and our pedigree. And also it doesn't matter because she had the right to fire us. So what are you going to do? Like she's still got the power. So then Billy goes to Robin in the kind of ante room to strategize because now they're offering a hundred to settle and Robin is still like, no way. Then Billy is like mansplaining again about what sexual harassment law is and that basically she was the boss. So she had the power to fire them. And Robin's like, I'm not a child. Thank you. You don't have to explain (laughs) this to me. I understand how it works. And she says that they tried all of those arguments in like the prior stages of this case and they lost. But Billy says, but in front of a jury is different because it's on record that you slept with an 86 year old. So what does that say? And then Robin makes the big mistake of asking Billy what he thinks. (laughs) 
Um, and he basically <laughs> says he thinks she's a gold digger and that she's abusing sexual harassment laws that were created for weak women. Oh my God. Uh, what? And he says that a jury probably isn't going to buy it. And Robin says, oh, so you're a chauvinist pig. And then Billy says the most vomit-inducing line this episode, which is, card carrying and proud of it. Which is like, what? He's like, disgusting. This is, and this is why I didn't throw in my objection here, because I feel like that's what he wants. (laughs) From this this line. Just looking for attention. He's like a rebellious teenager just being like, oh, this will shock the women's like. (laughs) I'm such a bad boy with my earring and my bleach hair. Like, like, it's uh, so... No, Billy. Makes me sick. You're a fucking moron. The new man (laughs) makes me sick. (laughs) To quote Georgia... Yeah, so Billy is advising her as her lawyer to settle and she says, but as my lawyer, you're supposed to get behind me and he says, as opposed to on top of you and then she slaps him and is like, I didn't deserve that from them and I don't deserve it from you. I feel like Billy is being repugnant in this scene because it's what I was trying to say earlier. He's not taken any time to really get a sense of proving her ability to do the job which is what he should be doing as the strategy in this case because their whole claim is that it's not sexual harassment it's us saying that we don't think she was capable or qualified to carry out her job so as her lawyer he should be like well this is why she was so they were being they were wrong to do what they do so because that 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 then proves that they're like official claim of not wanting her as the boss is worthless but also what i hate about this scene and what we start to see kind of build for the rest of the episode is this like undercurrent of unresolved sexual tension like he can't stand that she's not showing sexual interest in him so he's just like being this fucking jerk to her and then we start to see her be like "Ooh, bad boy eh Ooh, that gets me hot and bothered and i'm like i hate this narrative this is such a damaging narrative and thing that women do they enable men to behave badly because they think it's hot and it's like i feel like that's just internalized misogyny yes and it's so so horrible to watch i really felt sick this entire episode and it was just like the slap like was like such an eye roll moment because it was one of those things where like she slaps him and then you're just like it it it, it, yeah the whole way it's done is like it, it it's you're expecting him to like grab her and kiss her or something at that point like it's one of those kind of situations and it's just like oh for fuck's sake like he is not something to be attracted to robin (laughs) no exactly but yeah let's continue through the episode because it just gets worse (laughs) spoiler alert (laughs) so Anyway, Robin then defends herself by saying that she was in love with the 86-year-old editor and she doesn't care if Billy doesn't believe her, but she says, I do need to know if you can continue with the trial. And Billy is like, the jury won't see anything but total commitment. 
And then Robin is like, well, at least one of us is able to fake it for money, you pig. And then walks out. I really, I do love that last line yeah. where she's like. Uh, That's a good yeah, one. Like, yeah, like just a little put down is like, Mwah, chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So back at Cajun Fish, this was nearly my objection. Oh. Um, somehow... Billy has roped Sandy into giving him a bleached head massage because he has a headache. And I was like, no, that is not what you get your secretary to do for you. Like, fuck you, Billy. Who do you think you are? A new man. (laughs) Well, quite. They get interrupted by Robin, who Billy then like sasses for being late and she like sasses back at him and they're like, they go off to court sassing each other and there's these like more weird vibes that they're going to hook up, which I was like, no, I don't want this. (laughs) It's like watching a train wreck, do you know what I mean? Like in slow motion, you're like, no! Meanwhile, John is still obsessing over the news coverage of him stuttering because he's like pausing and unpausing a video like frame by frame Mm. on, I'm sorry, the world's biggest laptop in his office. Did you see the size of that thing? It looked, I don't know what that was. Well, it was so chunky. I I think it's a laptop, but it's like a chunky, chunky. I don't think it was. I think it was like a portable TV or something because would they have streaming... Would they be streaming videos at that time? They wouldn't be streaming, but they would have... Like, porn was definitely a thing. You could watch videos. I I don't think it's a laptop, though. I I thought it was, like... It looked more like one of those, like, portable TVs. I don't know. Well, who knows the ins and outs of of late 90s technology. (laughs) (laughs) The point is, it's a thick boy and it's on the table. Richard comes in to apologise for making fun of him, although he does open by saying he had a dream last night where John went into a post office and just opened fire with his shoe, which doesn't really go well, go down well with John. Richard. <laughs> but John accepts his apology, and then Richard says that he's having a bad week because he broke up with Ling, Georgia's quit, and he's also worried about his best friend who could be cracking up. And John has had his back to him this whole time, and he turns around. And he says that his favourite stories growing up were about the kid who was picked on having the last laugh and growing up to be successful with a beautiful woman on his arm. um, And that was what he had planned. And Richard is like, but that has happened. And John's like, yeah, but nothing has changed. If I walked into my high school reunion with Nell tomorrow everyone would say well how did that oddball get her and john is finding it absolutely devastating that we're not going to change we all just are who we are and he asks richard how he can't feel the same and richard is a bit like well gee thanks like <laughs> what a great prognosis I mean, look at yeah, you. thanks. What a, what, a, what a cheery question. Yeah. And then John turns the tables back to kind of take him as an example. And he's like, you're not in love with Ling. She was just fun and beautiful and good in bed. And that was enough. And if that was just a phase, then that would be okay. But it isn't. You just are who you are. He is mm. who he is. And, and being odd is just who, who John is. And seeing himself stuttering on TV has made him realise that. And Richard says, look, 
John, if you're truly unhappy with your life, it just means you're ready to have kids. Oh my God. <laughs> but then John just goes, don't you think you lead an empty life? <laughs> so such, such insulting things he's saying. But then Richard's wisdom on the matter is, well... Everybody says a man will wake up one day, look in the mirror and say, how did I get here? But there's no rule that says we have to wake up. And then he like walks <laughs> off. And John really needs to stop oh taking no. advice from the emotional void that oh is no. Richard. The emotional abyss that is Richard. Like, it's not doing him any favours. Yeah, no, it's really not. Meanwhile... The closings are happening in Robin's court case. So Billy does his closing and he's trying to get around the kind of power dynamic argument that is like the main crux of of their defense. And he's saying that that's the big hurdle. Like he's been saying all along, that's the big hurdle they've got to get across because the heart of sexual harassment laws is the fact that the power dynamic is such that it's there to protect people who don't have Mm. the power. But he's trying to show in this case that it was the employees that had more power. Collectively, yeah. Yeah. And, And it worked because it got her fired just because they didn't like that she was a beautiful woman at the top. They didn't believe that she could be smart. You know, the only reason that the circulation went up for her one issue was just because she got half naked, not because it was actually a good strategic idea to use the celebrity of an editor to help to sell the magazine. And he rattles off some examples of other editors of very famous magazines that Mm. have done that to show that it is a good idea and he just kind of is like you know they were of the opinion that she couldn't possibly have had a good idea because she's pretty and because she slept with her boss and then he gets real fired up with this line because he goes thank god we have good americans out there in the workplace identifying sluts and making sure they get fired like sarcastically but also maybe he kind of believes it I, i think he does a pretty good job in this closing like he does he does do a very impassioned closing. So it, it is kind of like, you know... Faking it for yeah, money. exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, he can fake it for money. <laughs> yeah. But then the opposing counsel does his closing and he starts with, well, that was exciting. It <laughs> 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 made me laugh. <laughs> but then he basically argues that Robin might have the talent, but she doesn't have the credentials and my clients don't like that. And then he tries to go down this line of argument that is like, does having a negative opinion of a sexy woman make you guilty of sexual harassment? How have we come to this? That if you want to talk negatively about a sexy woman, then she can sue you even if she's the boss. He said, let's all stand up together and vomit. (laughs) And then he says the laws were designed for protecting secretaries from being groped, not bosses. Enough is enough. Won't somebody think of the children? (laughs) And he gets really like impassioned back at it. And then we kind of see Billy furrow his brow like he thinks that was a good argument. Um, which is how I read that. I don't know if you read it any different. I think he was like, huh, that's difficult to beat. Yeah, potentially. Like, yeah, like, oh, that, 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 that's a convincing argument. Well, because that was his mm. argument originally to Robin. Yeah. He was like, you had the power. You could have just fired them. The laws weren't designed to protect people like you. They were designed to protect the weak yes. women. Um, so that's his argument being given. Yeah. 
But anyway, back at Cajun Fish, Georgia has discovered that Richard has locked her out of her office, saying that it's nothing personal. He just can't trust her. (laughs) (laughs) So she's really pissed off about that. And she's demanding that he open the door as Lynn comes up and says that she's really surprised that Georgia's actually quitting because she didn't think she'd go through with it. And then she asks Richard if uh, she can have Georgia's office. (laughs) (laughs) And in frustration, Georgia yells, I don't know why you two broke up. You are so made for each other. (laughs) And then she goes to leave. And then Richard, as he's like ripping off Georgia's name from the door, is like, hang on a minute. You can't just leave without me having my say. And he says, if things don't work out and you think that you just can come crawling back here, you're right. And Georgia's like, huh? And then he kind of steps forward and he just hands her her name badge. And he's like, we will take you back in a second. And oh, I was like, yeah. and Georgia's like, <laughs> and then runs away. And it's like, no, why can't you be that sweet all the time, Richard? Like, why? you are capable of it. That's what makes him so frustrating is that he is capable of really lovely qualities, but he just doesn't show them he's that very, often. He does care he does care but he does a very good job of pretending that he doesn't he works very hard to make it look like he doesn't yeah so then georgia goes sobbing into the (laughs) unisex because she's so sentimental Uh. about everything and she's gone to get some tissues and ali's in there doing her makeup and ali's like oh my god what's the matter and she's crying georgia says she's crying because she likes it at cajun fish and ali is like so don't quit then But I mean, obviously, Georgia says that she has to quit because she can't work with that pig ass bastard, a.k.a. Billy. But then she says, if I don't get space from him during the day, I'll go looking for it at night. And I'm like, okay, so maybe I was wrong last episode and they're not broken up I told you. And I'm like, why the fuck are they not broken up? Because she, like I said last, like, episode... She she was waiting for Billy to make the call. She's waiting for him to Ugh. make the decision to break up. And it's like she Ugh. she's not she's not let go of it yet. She's waiting for him to make the move to break up the marriage. I just don't understand why the hell like has she not got enough evidence that he's beyond <laughs> waiting around I for know, now i know but this is yeah i told you this is what i, I don't like you. is that she's <laughs> i know you did but it just all the other signs said to me that like anyone with their head screwed on would be like well i'm taking charge of this now no, but she hasn't way- yet she's still acting as the passive just waiting for him to make yeah. the decision and that annoys me so much because She's you so, have autonomy like, here. capable. Like, you could make the decision yeah. and you're you're choosing not to. Yeah. And, um, and, I mean, we'll come on to it, but she, she does choose now, and but only after something else has happened. So let's wait for yeah. that. But, yeah, I was annoyed that they weren't already yes. broken up. But anyway, <laughs> Sandy walks in to the unisex as Georgia is talking to Ali. And as soon as she walks in, Georgia shouts at her to get out. And Sandy's like, uh, but... I, I need to go. And Georgia's like, hold it. <laughs> and I was like, oh dear. And again, I didn't like that moment because it's turning Georgia into this person who is shouting at women because of their association with Billy when that's not their fault no. that 
they like they don't know yeah. to be afraid of Billy. They don't know to run from the run for the hills when they see Billy coming. Like, and she hasn't actually done anything wrong that we know of with Billy. But Georgia hates her because obviously she's this young secretary, and it's it's painting Georgia into this like shrew yeah. wife, which I never want for her no. because she's not that. No, you know? she doesn't want to be that. Sandy leaves, um, and Ali is like. Look, I'm no expert, but surely <laughs> quitting your job isn't the answer. And George is like, yeah, you're right. I should just leave him. And then Ali backtracks and it's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm not saying that. It's just, you know, surely it's just like a bump and every marriage has bumps. And I'm like, Ali, what are you saying? Oh my God. It's Billy. Yeah. You know Billy, the asshole. <laughs> like, why are you encouraging her to because, sit around? Because she's got this fucking weird fixation on marriages must last marriages must work like she's like completely fucking hopeless with this stuff well georgia then asks ali if she can ask her something and if ali will be honest with her and ali's like okay and georgia goes how would you feel if i was to pursue something with your dad (laughs) and ali's like no, my father is happily married. And George is like, oh, but he's so nice. And Ali's like, no, he's not nice. He's an older pig-ass bastard who you had to stay away from. <laughs> oh, God. And George is like, but why did he kiss me? And Ali's like, because you were anonymous. He wouldn't have kissed you if he'd gotten to know you. <laughs> Which has come out all wrong, obviously. And she tries to backtrack on that. But then... Ali gives Georgia the worst Uh, advice of the entire history of their friendship, which is Billy will change back and all you need to do is to be patient. And as she's saying that, John comes in to go to his stall and she's like, you know, people change all the time. Am I right, John? And John just screams. No, people are what they are. They don't change. That's a big conspiracy perpetrated by the fashion designers to sell new clothes. But you can't change people. <laughs> Only clothes. <laughs> and then he storms out because remnants. Uh. <laughs> I just feel like Ali is being the worst friend in the yeah. entire world to Georgia at this moment in time because she's letting the fact that she has this weird view about marriage, but also I feel like the only reason really that she's encouraging Georgia to stay with this asshole that is not good for her and not good for any woman, as far as I can tell, is because she's worried that Georgia's going to go off and try and kiss her dad again. Well, no, I don't actually think that she's worried that Georgia would do that because I think she, because uh, uh, Georgia wouldn't do that if, she knew Ali had a problem with it. And I think Ali knows that Georgia wouldn't do that if Ali had a problem with it. But also... I don't know. I think, like, um, I think it is literally she needs married people to stay together because it makes her feel good about marriage and love. Like, it, 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 it reinforces her romantic belief system so every time something challenges Mm. that she it it, you know it shakes her her belief system so if any Mm. if any married person came to her and was like oh yeah no he's 
he's cheated on me, like, and I don't know, I don't know if I can stay. She'd be like, oh, it's a bump. Like, it's like, just, just work on it. He'll change. Like, she does, she can't, she can't, it, it's a personal slight to her belief system if a married yeah. couple decide to divorce, basically, is what it boils down to. Yeah, but I think there's an added personal thing she is worried about her dad like because she keeps screaming that they're happily (laughs) married and that she should stay away like I think whilst part of her on the face of it is wanting to hope that Georgia wouldn't do anything I think part of her is definitely worried about that and so she's like no just stay with Billy Billy's the one for you you made your bed and now you have to cling on to it and just be patient (laughs) My dad's working on his other bed with his wife and it's happy, okay? Because I said so. (sighs) So I think I think you're right. I think probably the the whole marriage needs to stay together thing. I think it but I think yeah is the both yeah, blended together causing her. But she's just being such a shit friend to Georgia right now. I just cannot believe that she's advising that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So anyway, back at the courthouse, the the jury's back, and uh, Billy is holding Robin's hand as the foreman reads out the verdict. (laughs) And the jury have found in favour of Robin's colleagues, so they've lost. And Billy apologises, and Robin says, you know, it's fine, I should have just listened to you and settled. And Billy's like, no, I admire you for sticking to your buns. Uh. I mean, guns. (laughs) And then they have this little laugh at his, like, pig talk. Um, and Robin says, thanks for your closing. It seemed like you actually believed it. And Billy's like, well, I did. Sorry for underestimating you. And she's like, well, we both did that. And then she kisses him on the cheek as she leaves. And they both have this little, like, yeah. look as she, like, just about to leave the room. Um, and Billy just, I'm sorry, he just does not deserve kisses on cheeks from Charlie's <laughs> Angels. He doesn't. And I am disgusted that he is being rewarded for his assholery in this episode (laughs) no i get you georgia meanwhile is at raddock and associates getting onboarded in her new job with renee um and whilst there renee is taking that meeting with uh, georgia a hot black guy brings renee a hot black coffee um because that's the kind of firm that they run here We know that she has. We saw the montage. I know. know. (laughs) So they stuck to sensuality as a business plan after all. Oh, yeah it's I yeah so anyway yeah. less said about that the better um <laughs> Renee is saying basically warning Georgia that it's pretty scrappy at the moment because it's just Georgia Renee and Whipper they don't have many clients the pay isn't that good like is she sure that she wants to do this and Georgia's like yeah definitely she looks really pleased well, to be taking that decision yeah, so that's good I, just, I really love it because I feel like we see Georgia's first like big genuine smile in like a long time like I don't feel like I've seen Georgia smile like that in a really long time so it was just really nice to see her uh you know yeah take control of her life like that yeah and I think she god knows she needs it exactly 
And yeah, meanwhile, Ling has come to see Richard to see if she should quit the firm too, because things might be awkward now that her and Richard have broken up, because Ling's now planning on trying to be nice. <laughs> I love she, she goes um, I thought I'd try being nice I'm bored with my character and I was like that feels a little bit meta <laughs> yes but then Richard is like why is everyone changing Billy's dyeing his hair he thinks Georgia is getting testosterone injections what? I was like what because she's got an opinion yeah. and has left your firm like <laughs> fuck off um and now he's like, and now you want to be nice? And he says, a wise man said to me yesterday that people don't change. And Ling's like, a wise man said that? And Richard flicks on the TV to the clip of John stuttering. And then he just goes, he's a sageling. And then <laughs> oh as he's God. looking at the clip, John comes around the corner and sees him. And then he looks hurt and he walks off. And Richard is like, oops. And he goes to find John. But before he can leave, Ling is like, seriously, does it not hurt that we work together? And Richard's like, well, yeah, it hurts a lot. And then Ling says, well, should, should we give it another try? And Richard says, if we were to give it another try and we get back to where we were, we weren't actually very far. And, and don't you want to be like really in love one day? And Ling is like, well, I have heard it does happen. And then Richard suggests that they still date until the right one comes along. And Ling says, but isn't that Whipper? And Richard is like, I don't know if it's Whipper. And Ling says, well, I think you should find out. But then they agree that they should officially say goodbye to Ling's knee pit and Richard's finger. So they're going to do that later for old time's sake. But they're still broken up. And Ling has kind of said that if he's looking for a deeper thing, perhaps Whipper is the person to look for it with <laughs> i hate all yeah. of this i, really hate it. I hate bad it too because it's like you haven't tried bad decisions yeah Left, i know it's right weird it's very it's so weird because they are actually being more open now than they've ever been but yet they're both kind of agreeing that they could never have a deeper relationship with each other but none of them have but they both acknowledge that they want a deeper relationship but they're just ruling out having that with each other yeah. based on nothing yeah. as far as I can see. Exactly. It's really weird. It is. It is really weird. Anyway. <laughs> well, anyway, then John is in the unisex and he is punching <laughs> his toilet stall with Huge. comically oversized boxing gloves. Boxing gloves. <laughs> like, I just... How did he get them? Why did he get them? So many questions. (laughs) Who is selling these gloves? Mad. I don't understand. (laughs) Um, And then Ali, Ali comes in like, what? And John is like, I'm just decompressing. There's no need to worry. And the reason these gloves are so big is to protect the door and to protect his hands. And Ali is kind of laughing, but then he almost accidentally, like, catches her, like, hits her by accident. And then she stands in front of him, like, stop, like, stop this, John. And John is like, out of my way, Ali. But Ali is like, no, in my office now. And she just marches him, gloves and all, by the ear, like she does with Renee to her office. And everyone is, like, dodging his huge gloves (laughs) because they're so big. 
And in Ali's office, she tries to get to the bottom of all of John's issues this episode. And John just lifts up his big glove hands. And he's like, I've made a big mistake. (laughs) (laughs) And he says, before Ali came to work here, he never went to the bar. He never talked to anyone apart from Richard. And it was his comfort zone. He was a litigant savant and he was safe. And as he's saying all of this, he has these like huge gloves on and he's like knocking everything over (laughs) in Ali's office. And he continues though. And he says, but Ali brought him out and made him believe that he was mainstream. And he has this like beautiful girlfriend now, but he's also fascinated by frogs and he drafts his closings with bare feet and he's traumatized by remnants. And he can only make love to a woman if he pretends that he's Barry White. And just when he thinks he's normal, his nose whistles to remind him that he's not. And Ali just goes, look, if you look up normal in the thesaurus, you're going to find the word ordinary. And you are the most extraordinary person I've ever met. If I brought you out, it wasn't because I convinced you you were normal. It's because I got you to embrace how wonderful your eccentricities are. And she says that she thinks of him as a soulmate because we're fellow weirdos. And John says, well, I definitely saw a little weirdo in those new newscasts. And he kind of puts his big gloves up to his face to like hide his face as though he's like sobbing with his hands, his face in his hands. But they're big gloves, which is quite comical, but sad. And then Ali is like, well, would you would you rather be a standard, typical lawyer? Yeah. Like, like... And then John peeks out from his gloves like. Mm, maybe yeah. Not. Like, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's not. Yeah. I really, I really relate to to John in in this scene. Like I've definitely had moments where something about your self identity doesn't match up with something. Like something comes along to kind of hit you in the face, basically, to be like, what you are is not what you think you are, or you know, something like that, and it just causes a complete spiral. And meltdown. Mm. And I and I'm glad that Ali has reminded him that he's, you know, he's loved because not because they've mistaken him for something he's not, but because they see him for who he really is who in, he is. in all his weirdness. Absolutely. You know? And who the hell wants to be normal exactly. anyway? Like there is no normal. Everyone's got their weird things. It's just that some people care less than others. Um or have just decided to accept it. I think that's the thing. Self-acceptance is a powerful, powerful thing yes, if you can access absolutely. it. Um, and it's, you know, the people that you see being confident and normal and like living their lives are the people who aren't worrying about what other people think of them. And it's one of those things that is way easier to say than to do. But it is. And I think... The thing that gets me through, the thing that gets me through that um, is just being like how often do I really think about what other people are thinking looking like dress like behaving like I'm far more worried about what I'm doing than what other people are doing and so is everyone else so I just think you know you have your you take comfort in the fact that your friends love you because of who you are you take comfort in the fact that everyone is self-involved so actually no one's really paying that much attention like he's watching that footage of him stuttering over and over and over again and don't get me wrong that shit 
footage to like take the piss out of of course it is but no one else is like those things aired a couple of nights ago no one else is watching them over and over and over again everybody else has like forgotten about it like like the old saying goes like today's news is tomorrow's fish and chip paper like well i think nobody cares I, i that's why i think like richard watching it over and over again doesn't like, help was yeah just like richard can you fucking not if you're gonna do this do it somewhere else like where he can't see you do this because it's not it's not okay it's not it's not fair yeah and you know he's you've kind of really exacerbated this complex now that he kind of got him in into his head about and i just yeah i i just and i think also the thing about like self-acceptance and self-love and all that kind all those concepts I think you have to accept that some days are going to be easier than others like Mm, it's not mm. a thing of like oh well now I accept myself and I will accept myself forever and love myself forever like now it's not a problem of course it's like every day is different like some days it 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 weighs on you some days it it doesn't and that is true for everyone and no matter how how much confidence they exude that's not who they are 24 7 they will have they will have moments and days and hours where they feel really shit about themselves as do we all like and it's just you're you're only ever seeing the good days like that's what yeah. you have to remember. Oh, for sure. And uh, I think that's what John is not realising or maybe hasn't ever really thought about. Yes. Um, so it's good that... I, I think Ali's being a good friend to him yeah. today, but not necessarily no, Well, that's because, <laughs> that's because that's about self-love. That's not about love-love. <laughs> <laughs> so, meanwhile, whilst John is having his big glove meltdown... <laughs> Big love and also a big glove. (laughs) Robin is coming out of the elevator at Cajun Fish with a gift. And of course, as soon as she comes out of the elevator, Richard is immediately all over her and tries to touch her wattle, which again, cat hiss, I'm sure we want to put in here. Robin, like, manages to recoil and get away from Richard. Uh, Yeah. And she goes straight to Billy's office with her gift. And Billy is really pleased to see her. And he's like, I've never had a gift for losing before. And the gift is a ceramic pig, which really made me laugh because I've mentioned about Neighbours, the soap opera that I I watch and the Neighbours podcast that I listen to. They call the kind of C storyline, the comedy storyline of each week the ceramic pig storyline because <laughs> there was once a storyline where one of the characters was obsessed with a ceramic pig <laughs> so that made me laugh when he opened it and it was a literal ceramic pig and really made me laugh but she says that it's a sweet male chauvinist pig and i'm sorry i am not here for pigs being tarnished with the same brush as Billy. <laughs> pigs are lovely adorable animals and i do Billy not want them not. lumped into the same box. <laughs> <laughs> but after he's opened his gift, there's this like awkward pause and Robin admits that she feels like a teenager because she had this whole conversation planned out to find out if he was happily married. <laughs> Please don't. But Billy says, 
Oh, yeah, I pretty much am happily married, which is not true, but fine. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then Robin's like, oh, okay, so I guess it's really goodbye then. But Billy's like, well, if you ever want to sue anyone again, I'm here. But then Robin kisses him and then she says, sorry. But then Billy's like, you know what? Fuck Georgia, that's okay. And Robin looks really happy. And what the fuck? They're kissing to the sound of me and Mrs. Jones. Uh, Which, no thank you. No. I'm sorry, no thank Take you. Take it back. No. I want a refund. <laughs> this is not the sort of behaviour that should be rewarded. No. Robin, what the fuck? No, it's awful. It's horrible. It's awful. Don't like it. I d- can't believe that he's he's. This is why. No, <laughs> it's horrible. It's just, and also it. Yeah, I I just I I I just don't understand it. Like I don't understand. Like why, why this man lost your case? Like I don't. It's the bad boy thing. That's what it is. It's playing that bad boy narrative being irresistible and Robin being like, he's hot. I'm not sure that it's a bad boy thing. I wonder whether it's more kind of like, uh, oh, he's so assertive and he says what he thinks, even though it's not politically correct. and M- Disgusting. Uh, just, oh, what, what a man. It's just like, no... But that is the I bad guess. boy yeah, thing. No, That's right, what it is. Right. Yeah. 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 And I'm just, you could be a bad boy without being a fucking dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, actually. Do you know what I mean? Can you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think most, like, bad boys are dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there are some where, well, actually, this is probably a good topic for a whole other podcast because it's, like, the, like, tropes of men and women and like dissecting them how appropriate they are to lust after (laughs) (laughs) but i think i can think of i think i'm gonna have to revisit my entire list of people i've ever fancied in tv and film because i'm sure there are i'm thinking of bad boys where i'm like oh they're really hot but actually if i probably watch them back now i'd be like yeah no 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 no, no, no." i think that they're I think there will be a litany of bad boy crushes that I have that if I watch today, I'd be like, oh, well, you're awful. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. It's because you're so handsome, isn't it? It's because you're played by a handsome actor and you sucked me in with your yeah. good looks. <laughs> well, I just, you say that, but then Billy's not that handsome at the moment. <laughs> So I don't understand <laughs> how anyone is finding no. this attractive. But it's also annoying because it's like the show's rewarding him yeah. for this bad behaviour. It's giving him this absolute bombshell of a yeah. woman to say, well done you. Yeah, like you still being, got it. For being a yeah. new man, your new asshole. Ugh, yeah. A new man with a new <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I just, that's why I find it so upsetting yeah, no I know what you mean but it's the 90s <laughs> it's happening yeah so they're kissing and the scene fades as the music continues and then we get a bit of a montage as Richard and Ling are saying goodbye to each other's genital proxy body parts so <laughs> she's 
she's sucking his finger he's diddling her knee pit like great um ali and john are having coffee and cake together at a lovely cafe and then back with robin and billy they keep making out his hands are on her butt and she's undoing his tie and he's doing a very weak job of protesting and then record scratch georgia walks in on them and that poor fucking woman yeah i mean did you notice though when they started like when billy and robin started making out billy's office door was wide open i was like oh was it it was wide open and i was like billy you're not even trying to hide this but then but then when it cuts to going back to them the door has been closed so it's like they do stop at one point to close the door and then, like, carry on. Right. Right. Well, this this is my point, actually, from earlier, is that Billy does this tirade against his boss, John, for being, like, unprofessional and blowing Mm. the case, when Billy has done nothing but be unprofessional, in my opinion. He didn't actually bother to get his client's side of the story and understand where they were coming from. He didn't put together a strategy to prove to disprove the defense's argument he didn't he was he was he told his client that she was a gold digger and that he might want to get on top of her Mm. such that she slapped him and then he's like fucking her in his office like how is any of that professional in any way no well his shoes didn't explode so you know that means he's like he's professional (laughs) But Robin didn't mind the shoes exploding. I know. I know. Anyway, Georgia has walked in on them and Billy is like, oh, this is Mrs. Jones. This is my wife, Georgia. We were just kissing. Didn't you quit? (laughs) And Georgia's like, well, I quit my job and now I quit you. And she walks over (laughs) to his desk. She takes off her wedding ring, leaves it there and walks out. Thank God for that. Fantastic. She's gone. She's free to the shackles of the pizza like a dance. Let me show you. I just want a patient. I just want a patient. I'm just going to send you what I've written on my notes. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah in big red letters with five exclamation marks. Yeah. Like, oh my god. Yeah. I'm so I'm happy. So happy. I'm so happy. If that Robin Billy Trist did anything, at least I can be thankful yes. that it silver, led Georgia to leaving him lining. the one saving silver grace. Lining is yes. that, yeah, if it wasn't for that, maybe Georgia would have, you know, hung around for a bit longer with Billy. At least now she's yep. like, Oh yeah, no, you're oh. a complete oh. Like, what? What have I been waiting for? You were happy to do that, knowing that we what you hadn't ended the yeah. marriage. Like, you fucking asshole! Yeah. No, I'm not like, doing this. Actually, what am I fucking waiting for? Like, you clearly. Yeah. What are you waiting <laughs> for? <laughs> what are you waiting for? <laughs> but it's that thing of like, clearly, yeah. you do not give a fuck. You're about to no. fuck a client in your office where 
we have mutual friends and until very recently mutual colleagues like and you were gonna do yeah. this like fuck you it's over fuck it's you. done Good yes bye good <laughs> good fucking bye yes thank god Absolutely. thank god it's been a long time uh, coming it's been a long road but we've got that the relief <laughs> We got there, the relief <laughs> of the two and a half I mean, years. We've been waiting for this for a long time. <laughs> I need a drink. Goodness me. Oh my God. And that is the end of the episode. That is the end of the episode. So, Retry. So we had Jones versus Fordham at et al. Um, how do you find Eleanor? I find in favour of Robin because... I do think she was sexually harassed and sabotaged out of that mm. job. Like, it doesn't... It's one of those things where it's like, I, I don't think it matters how she got the job. She had the job. And, you know, you need to... If you work underneath her, then you need you have to suck that up. If you don't like it, you fucking go somewhere else. Like... yeah. I think it's a real shame that they went down that route of finding in favour of the defendant because it was like they were trying to underline the point that they kept saying that those sexual harassment laws are for weak women. Yeah. Like, which is bullshit. Like, you can be sexually harassed at any level, whether you're the boss or not. Like, no one deserves to be doing any job and be gossips about for being a nymph or a slut. But also... That is not acceptable. Wielding because employees, like a single employee... Yeah, the the power dynamic is is in there. It, it is is against them. But when you have all your employees like um collectively organized, like yeah, like, they will wield more power over yeah. you know because she can't just fire them all. Like there wouldn't be a magazine, no. and it just I, yeah. I just yeah, like I I think. In certain cases, yeah, you you can be the boss and be sexually harassed. Like, it it doesn't... But also, it's like this thing of like, oh, it's for the weak women. It's like, just because you've got a lower paid job, like, you being sexually harassed does not make you weak. No, yeah. Right? Like, that's the... You're not, like... Yes, you're a victim, but victims aren't necessarily weak. No. You know? No. It's, it's, yeah, it's just, yeah, that just, whole narrative yeah. is bad. And the fact that the show made the jury find that way is almost like the show endorsing that point of view, yeah, which I didn't like. Like marrying up the concept of being a victim and being weak. Yeah. 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 Um, but also, I just, yeah, I just think it was, um, it, like you, I just, I just think it was, uh, absolutely like, not not you, you no one deserves to have that happen to no. them and you're right like the power dynamic is with a collective bunch of employees in that situation yeah so yeah i disagree with the finding this week yeah same verdict of the week <sighs> the jury's back so i've gone with not guilty for georgia for finally taking the ball uh... by the horns and ending it with billy it's what we've waited for it's finally happened I'm like, yes, well done, Georgia. You could do it. I knew you could do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've gone the opposite side of that coin. So I've given a guilty to Billy yeah. because 
He was unprofessional the entire way through. He basically got John fired off his own case. Um, by having that argument in front of Robin, making her think that John wasn't doing as good a job. And also, he kissed Robin, like, even though he's, like, technically married and, like, all of that stuff. Like, I just... I I also just want to show him guilty because I feel like he's been enabled. Yeah. Like, the show has enabled him and rewarded him for being... A shitbag. An absolute <laughs> asshole. And I do not want this anymore. No. I'm not here for it. Done. When is someone gonna give him the comeuppance he deserves? I know. I know. But it's done now. The, she's... She, okay. Georgia has ended it. So that's that's what I'm... I, I, Holding I, on to. The greater good has been served. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Well, we can cling on to that. I'm going to have a drink to say thank goodness out of relief. Toast, Georgia. I suggest you all do the same wherever you are. To Georgia. <laughs> to Georgia. Yes. Cheers. Um, yeah. So I guess that's it for this week. I yeah. uh, hope you're all keeping well. Um, just to round off the episode as we always do, please do get in touch with us. Uh, to let us know how you are finding Annie McBeal in these trying times, whether it's a good distraction for you or not, and how you uh, whether you agree with what we've been saying about the episodes. We are on Twitter at Bygones Podcast, Facebook at Bygones Podcast, Instagram at Bygones Pod. Um, and you can also email us. We've had a few emails during quarantine, which has been really nice. Um, bygonespodcast at gmail.com. We always like to hear from you um and your thoughts and feelings about ali about the show about bygones about anything at all really we're quite (laughs) pleased to get any kind of correspondence (laughs) um and uh you can also um if you want to sign up to our patreon where we release our early our episodes early for you guys and do um some some extra things on there so um you can sign up at any level um you can change your level at any time if some people are patreons and they feel like uh you know they they things are difficult right now because of lockdown that's absolutely fine we don't want anyone you know going out of pocket because they're supporting yeah. the show um but we are very very grateful for any uh donations that you make to the show it does help keep the show running um and helps us out with all of that stuff so take a look at uh, what we've got on there we'd be very pleased to yeah. see you there um and we also have a merch store if you really want to show your bygones pride we have all sorts of items such as t-shirts phone cases all of that kind of jazz that you can really you know dress yourself up with in any of our season's colors so you know yellow blue or green um logo uh, share your bygones love with pride um, and that is about it for yeah, this week it is um, until next time bygones me and Mrs Jones we got a thing But it's much too strong to let it go now.